Shooting the Gap with Ryan and Gonzo. Welcome to Shooting the Gap. Yes. Yes. That was a little bit of Star Trek action there. Could be a cable guy action, but it's from a Star Trek episode. Um, I just figured I'd start the show in a different way. No one else was saying shit, so I did. So that's what happened. (laughs) Welcome to Shooting the Gap, Doug. How you doing? That's the bottom line. Good. Because Doug alone says stuff. What time of the year is it, Brian? Um, it's spring. It's first day of first spring. First day of spring, and it warmed up. That's nice. It did. Um, it's March. It's really warm in here. It's it warmed up. Yeah. 2016. March. Oh! Sports-related stuff. Sports-related things. Madness has happened. The um, madness is maddening, Doug. From March? For, for March, probably a little bit for some people. Uh... For most people who don't pay a lick of attention to college basketball, which I do not, they would they would say this is the madness tournament time of the year, or something like that. How's your bracket doing? Oh well, you know, it's like everybody else is just busted. Mine's doing better than yours. It absolutely is. I you, you got you got the upsets right early. I did get I did get more upsets right earlier than I really have in a few years. And I, I will credit that to me not giving a fuck when I filled out the bracket. <laughs> That's the going, best way to do I don't it. Care. Because I don't if you care. think you got analysis, you fucking don't. That's, uh, that's what I was telling one of the one of our buddies who put one out there. Like she, she said, "This is hard," and she was just doing it based on colors. And I said, "Not colors of people, racist fucks. Colors of uniforms." And I said, uh, "Try it. It's a lot harder when you think you know what you're doing." It's way harder. <laughs> and then you find out that you don't know what you're doing. And it's just... Much like everyone. Infuriating. Infuriating. Because I know a guy who's got 94% right. He hates sports. Hates sports. I believe that is what we said. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we said last week. Just You don't, even, don't pay money into a pool because you're going to be very disappointed. And, oh, I was very disappointed. I'm thinking of doing it, you know, with darts next year. We could do that. You get you could a put a board. dartboard up, yeah. and then you throw your darts at them. Just throw it blind, and whatever it lines on, you pick. I like that. Unless you have an absolute, like you can take those ones out. Like which ones you just take firmly the believe. The sixteen. Yeah. Like, there's no reason. To and like next the year, one. when Duke's the best team in the country, like we'll move Duke along, and and then everyone else, everybody you know, else. throw darts for. Yeah. Um, I will. I will say this. I'm gonna give a shout out to our Dukies. Um, I know that you saw the game and it just frustrated you, but I'm happy that Duke is in the Sweet 16, given <laughs> with what we've dealt with all year long, yeah. with injuries, yeah. no depth, um, injuries and no depth, um, no point guard play that's that's there. Not, We're not, in the Sweet 16. Not much to say for big man. Uh, yeah. when, when Marshall Plum. You haven't said anything nice about him all year. It's well, so I don't know why you're surprised when he doesn't play well. I'm not surprised. It's frustrating. Stuff. Well, why is it still frustrating when you don't even think that he sucks? He has continually said he's the least athletic plumly that we've ever had, and then he gets mad when he doesn't get rebounds or do athletic things. Even though it's like he's not athletic, you've said many times. Well, when is he just there? 
Yes, he's seven two and just there. That's what I've said many times. <laughs> so it doesn't upset me when he doesn't do things you don't expect him to do. That's just what I'm saying. As opposed to the first game where he did things that we didn't. And when did you him say that? He, no, 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 was, no, 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 no. When did he do those? After their big men went out of the game, and then he did those. That's what you had said. Because again, true. I didn't watch that game. That so you true. said once they didn't have a big man in there, he was getting rebounds and tipbacks because there was no one there. He's a fucking tree. He's literally a tree. He's quite literally a tree. So, so, so fine. I'm not going to be hating at all on my Duke Blue Devils today. I'm going to be very happy that we're in the fucking Sweet 16 with a good, good chance, a good chance to move to the Elite Eight, given what happens with St. Joe's and Oregon this this afternoon, uh, early evening game that's coming on pretty soon. Um, I'm very happy with, um, um, as I've said, as we've said on this this show, I'm proud of this Duke team. Yet again, proving people wrong. Very, very hard-working Duke team, because they have to be. Because mm-hmm. it's pretty much six guys. Um, it's pretty much? No, it's six guys. Six. <laughs> well, wait. It's five guys. It's six guys in a tree. Six guys in a tree. He does his... And another tree. He does his tree job, so... We got we got six guys and two trees. Who's the second tree? Jeter. Jeter's not a tree. He's more like a bush that's on fire. <laughs> Because he can move. He's a fiery. He's not going to get anything going on. But hey, he's going to be on the team next year, and he's improved. Can we just can we just flash back? Let's flash back to a year ago, tournament time, and a guy who's the leader of this team now, outside of the the older guys, outside of the junior and, and uh, the junior and Matt Jones and um, Jefferson, who's hurt. Um, Grayson Allen's the leader of this team, and last year during this time, wasn't even really getting on the floor. So I'm I'm not upset with Chase Jeter. Being he can improve in any way, shape, or form and be on the floor next year will be will be better. It'll be fine. He he doesn't have to be the best freshman in the world like this generation of one and done players and athletes in, in college football or college football. That's where my heart is. College basketball, everyone's talking about this one and done. If you're a freshman you have to come in and be awesome right away. No, you don't. You don't because you got time to play basketball. So Jeter will improve, in my opinion, as his years go on. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Okay. Because we, we this time last year it was like, ah, God, I hope Grayson Allen doesn't get it any time. Like was he like, hasn't like, been all year because that's good. Is it possible to trade him? <laughs> get rid of him. So so it's it's it works out. You don't have to be uh, a Justice Winslow or a Kyrie or an Okafor to be a good freshman. You just have to, you got to be there and develop. And he has played more minutes as the year's gone on. And we so. got depth and size coming to this team next year. So, uh, yes, we do. We this, have studs. This team is going to be, if, if a lot of these guys can hang in and not run off to the NBA. Not a lot of them. We're going we're gonna to have Kennard. Kennard's nice. not going anywhere. We're going to have Thornton at point guard. He's not going anywhere. Um, Grayson's a, a, a coin flip right now, in my opinion, as far as whether he's going to go or not. And what comes in with this team. I mean, we're, we're going to be pretty good next year, regardless of, of, of who jumps. Plus, Matt Jones is only a junior. So Matt Jones is going to be on his team. Yeah. We, we, have, we have a lot coming up. Um, we don't have to win the national title this year. You don't have to win it every year. It's, it's, and you know what? Fucking hard to do. It is. <laughs> it's that's why when that Duke has won twenty percent of the last of the last twenty five Final Fours, we're pretty up there. 
pretty up there being the best program in the country. That's pretty difficult. We'll get to, to why that is a little bit later. We shall. We shall. Um, but otherwise, uh, your impressions on the tournament so far, Mr. Gonzalez. Haven't watched much of it at all um, <laughs> due to work, so I, I, don't, I don't really have that many impressions except for um, guard play has been important. And the mid-majors and the teams that are not in the power conferences are showing up as they have um, routinely for the past 10 years or so. So we're right at that again. I picked the final four of North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, and Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa won on a last-second half-point three-pointer. Um, they were tied. They wouldn't have lost the game, but they ended it in, in, they ended the game, yeah. in, um, yeah. in regular time instead of going to overtime or anything. So I did pick a mid-major to go to the Final Four. I picked North Carolina to win it, and I picked another ACC team to be in there. And I picked Maryland, who kind of slid down at the end of the, the regular season to get a five seed instead of what they were looking at between a one and a three seed. Maybe more of a two or three seed. It started really strong. And Very strong. And they do have an old Dukey on there. I mean, it's it's, it's Suleiman, not, not our favorite Dukey, but he's on that team making plays, and he is tournament tested. So um, we'll see how it goes. But the, the guard plays huge. The three-pointer is huge, and mid-majors are showing up. Lots of upsets in the first two days of the tournament. Uh, my impressions from the first couple of days of the tournament is you gotta survive. You gotta survive the opening. The, the first ten minutes, you gotta survive that first ten minutes and settle yourself in. Uh, teams that get settled in after the first ten minutes tend to outlast at the end or stay strong at the very least they make it a good game um, some of these guys who give it away early um, and no don't ever get it back I mean that's that's just how the, these tournament games usually go it doesn't matter who you are at this point nope it doesn't matter what conference you're from doesn't matter how many times your team has been in the final four um, throw out so the records throw, throw the records out especially this year there is no great team and Middle Tennessee showed you that. Holy shit! Michigan State dropping out. That busted a lot of brackets. That busted destroyed a lot of mine. That was my. That was my. Uh, my championship team. That was uh, James, our uh, special guest James as well. James ain't here this week, but that was his his winner as well. That was my winner, James' winner. They are gone. Um, I felt pretty comfortable, and confident about them getting to at least to the final four. Um, I think a lot of people had them doing no, at least that. It, that was so. the biggest upset of the tournament, possibly the biggest upset of all time in the tournament. Um, I am lucky that, because that, that day we filled the bracket out, I told you I was thinking about Michigan State. <laughs> so I'm really glad that I didn't go off of my initial pick and pick Michigan State. That would have pissed me off if I had a last second change to them and they lose in the first round to Middle Tennessee State, who, by the way, is playing Syracuse pretty tough right now in the second round of the, of the NCAA tournament. So they're obviously a qualified basketball team. Um, what I will say, and what I don't know if it can be remedied given the, the way the coverage is with college basketball and television and how it works, we don't get to see these teams play. None of these teams. Like, I picked Northern Iowa because of reading a little bit about them just having some vets, veterans as far as college basketball goes. And, I mean, it's hard to pick a mid-major if you don't get to see them on TV or live in that little town of Little Rock to watch that team play. Um, at, or, or Middle Tennessee, wherever the fuck that is. I think they did a profile on it earlier today. There's like, that's a town of 
14,000 people or something like that. So that's uh, it's hard to really get a gauge on those. And this tournament nowadays, picking teams is tough with the mid-majors coming up, the one-and-done era that, are, that affect the power conferences and, and whatnot. So I don't know if that's ever going to change. I don't know. Uh, emotions have a lot to do with it. Uh, these are younger guys, and there's not a lot of time. You got 40 minutes um, to get it, you know, to get the win. But if you come in and you're cocky, you think that the other guys are just gonna roll over and let you beat them. Um, I think they aren't aren't doing their opponents. Uh, the giving them their just dues, I guess, because their opponents are there to play too, and they're never on TV, like you said. So well, this, this is their chance to shine. Yeah, and they for probably them. Are. For them, they win the tournament just What's, by winning that one. What are the game. chances Michigan State got to see them on TV? Probably none. They watch some tape because it gets announced on Sunday, and then you play on Thursday. So you got three days of practice, a lot of it travel. You got a day of travel, and then what do you to watch some film and, and figure a team out by then? No, you're not going to have a good idea. So. You better just come ready to fucking play. More than ever, the last 10 years and on, it's going to be like this from now on. You better just come ready to play no matter what the front of your of your jersey says. It doesn't matter anymore, man. It, it just doesn't. And I think that's good for the tournament as much as I think is one and done is bad for the tournament. So, you know, maybe it'll meet in the middle at some point. But just like Ryan said, you better come ready to play. Doug, how's your bracket? Failing. Who'd you pick? How'd you pick it this year, Doug? What did Doug decide was the best course of action? Well, that's on the internet, but I had Purdue for at least a couple games, and then they did not. Didn't you pick Duke? Yeah. Why'd you pick Purdue? Why, why does Purdue keep coming up for you? Why, why do you keep saying that? Purdue? Yeah. He, he likes boiler like makers. Indiana? <laughs> like the Midwest. <laughs> He's a fan of hot water, as am I. Yeah, I think most folks are. I like a beer with a shot in it too. I don't mind that every now and then. Well, if they had the beer shots, I think Doug would have picked them. The Boilermakers. Yeah. <laughs> the Boilermakers. <laughs> We're gonna do a beer shot here in a little bit. If he can keep his head up, it's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm gonna do a beer shot, cause I can. Um. We're moving on. We're going to have the uh, Sweet 16 figured out in a few hours here. Um, I could possibly have two of my Final Four out if, if Maryland and, and Northern Iowa don't show up. Um, right now, I know that it's not over as far as today's action. What you've seen, you've seen more than me. Do you have a team in your head that you've seen that you feel is, is on the right track, that's, that's the strongest right now to win it? Uh, I'm sticking with Kansas so far. Um, because they are absolutely dominating their competition. Of course, being a one seed, competition isn't that fucking great. Mm -hmm. So, but they are the team that so far has looked like it's just going to keep rolling. Um, North Carolina is rolling with everything. North Carolina is rolling too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like your pick for North Carolina. I told you it's mm -hmm. can't go wrong with that pick. I feel like that's still. Of the teams left, Carolina and Kansas, of course, two number ones. I still feel have the best shot of going all the way. Uh, of course, Kansas is going to have a rough time uh, because 
they're going to get, if they win, they're going to be playing a two or a three. Um, two good teams, Villanova and Miami, both teams that have played really well all season long. Mm-hmm. Well, if, so, if Maryland wins today, like I said, they're going to have to play Maryland in the next round as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's Kansas's road is going to be tough, but if they come out of that, I think if they come out of that bracket, then, I mean, it's they, 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 it will have been because they're rolling. So North Carolina's road is really tough. Next, they got Indiana. Indiana was was close for me um, in picking them going to the Final Four. They did beat Kentucky. I picked that, um, which is kind of funny that this is the first time Calipari's been as long as he's been at Kentucky. They've always gotten to the Elite Eight. This is the first time they've got knocked out this early. So, and that's a loaded team. That's full of lots that's of studs, and they'll be loaded next year. And that's what Kentucky does. Um, I, I can't put my finger on it as far as who I'd go, but I would I would say Kansas and North Carolina right now should be the favorites of what's happening. Virginia's still in it. Oregon's still in it. I haven't seen Oregon play. Oregon's in it right now, but they got to play St. Joe's in a little bit here. Um, Oklahoma looks pretty good. Virginia Commonwealth's a good team. Oklahoma looks good because their their leader, Buddy Heil, Heil, whatever his name is, he makes shots. I mean, we were just watching that game, and he was hitting shots, big shots, the whole time in a close game. That's that's a big that's that's important in in a tournament style seating and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I gotta agree with Ryan. I think it's really up to uh, Kansas and North Carolina here. And wouldn't it be pretty epic to have a Kansas North Carolina showdown? You get Roy Williams going up against his old squad, um, two number ones, with loaded basketball teams, both with good guards, both with big men both with depth going at each other. Um, if, if you're a betting man, and this tournament is terrible for betting men, but right now... <laughs> Does, it doesn't fare well for you no. if you bet. And you're a fucking goddamn degenerate, then this isn't... I, 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 I can see the allure of betting in this tournament, but Jesus. It's a lot easier to bet when they get to 16 teams. <laughs> that's, that's all I'll say. So hopefully... Not hopefully, but honestly, that does look like the the most optimal matchup. That will blow my Final Four up a little bit, but we don't put money on this. We don't do it like that. We, we do it for fun, so honestly, getting to see the best matchup would be pretty awesome. Would, would be pretty pretty cool to see. Um, just so you're updated, uh, Syracuse is uh, up on Middle Tennessee, so... How much? Uh, 58-41 right now with 7-15. It was only a three-point game at halftime, and then we started getting ready for the show, so looks like um, it stretched out. Let's let's go ahead, and we will play the assumption game with the with the remaining games. Um, okay. We're going to assume underdogs here. Um, let's just let's just figure out of, of the last underdogs which ones you think. Got the best shot to get in. Hawaii, Maryland, Maryland. St. Joe's, Oregon. Uh, I, I picked Oregon because I haven't seen Oregon play. I've actually seen St. Joe's play twice this year. So so I took St. Joe's in that game. I, I won't be surprised if they beat Oregon. But from what everyone says, Oregon's a up-and-down-the-court team, really fast, um, athletic, shoots a three. So we'll see. But I still think St. Joe's has a chance in that game. Um, and then, I mean... Xavier, Wisconsin isn't really uh, 
No, it is. is that, would that be a shocker to you if Wisconsin won that game? Yes. Wisconsin, if there's any team outside of Kentucky, Duke, and a few others that lost a lot in, in talent and coming back this year and just winning a tournament game, Wisconsin's one of them. And the fact that they won that tournament game, that first-round game, good for them because they lost player of the year and a top 15 draft pick in that, not to mention their head coach 10 games into the season. So if Wisconsin does win that game, I would say that that is a shocker just because of what they've had to deal with getting to this point. Um, Northern Iowa A&M, I still got Northern Iowa. I took Northern Iowa on that one as well. That's like one part of my bracket that's still intact, I suppose. Um, let's go ahead and assume Northern Iowa um, does win, and St. Joe's does win, right? Okay. So, of the remaining 16s, um, <coughs> that would be, you know, the biggest shockers would probably be Gonzaga, Northern Iowa, St. Joe's. Which one of those teams do you think has the best chance to advance to the Final Four? I got to go with Northern teams? I got to go with Northern Iowa. I picked them. Um, they're playing Oklahoma, and I just have this this thought. I know I just said that they're looking good, but I just have this thought of Oklahoma just being a little bit too big for their britches. I know they have the player of the year, but I, I just maybe it's old school pedigree. Maybe it's because Oklahoma's a football school. Maybe it's because of all that that I just don't see them pulling it off. I, I really think uh, Northern Iowa can win that game. And Duke beating Oregon or St. Joe's, I mean, is is completely possible. I mean, that's not at all without, within, without the realm of possibility. I mean, that is huge. So let's Gonzaga, go Gonzaga, I didn't have going. And now they're not playing Michigan State. Um, that was going to be my next part. Yeah. Is Gonzaga probably your biggest surprise in the Sweet 16 if they get there? They are my biggest surprise. They are because I really thought Utah would get them. I really did. Um... So it would be, Utah it would be, it would really be, it would be Gonzaga year. versus Syracuse. If Syracuse beats Middle Tennessee State, so at this point, Gonzaga beating Syracuse, that's not surprising. It's surprising that that's the matchup, in my opinion. Probably yours, probably Jake, Absolutely probably most for me because I didn't have either of those teams getting to the Sweet uh, Sixteen. I didn't so. either. So. <laughs> I had Utah, Michigan State in that game. That's, so that was what so. my that was my that was mine too. So I, I would I would but I would, am, I am absolutely uh, surprised. Gonzaga has been, you know, the little darling team, if you will, for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year they were twenty six and seven. They, they were, weren't a bad team. They weren't a bad team at no. all. They just got ranked kind of low because of, I would guess, because of conference and and stuff like that. I don't know if they won their conference championship. I can't remember. I think they were in it and lost. But I mean, that's a twenty six and seventeen. So it's not like they're bad. At all, you know. And Syracuse was... They were really good, actually, early on. Early year. on, but they dropped. And they were, for a lot of people, not not us, we're not college basketball professional analysts, but for the pros, the experts said that they were surprised that Syracuse even got into the game. So, you know, into the tournament. So, I mean, I guess at that point, I would say it would be more surprising if Syracuse beat Gonzaga. Because no one was surprised that Gonzaga got in the in the tournament. They were more surprised that they got a lower seed, as far as being there. So, that's I guess I guess Syracuse. And that's weird to say Syracuse would be the surprise, you know, given 
their history of, of basketball. Not that they don't win titles all the time, but they're always a very good fucking basketball team. So. Pretty good. They feel no. pretty good basketball. Team. I think they've only won one title since since Beheim's been there, and that was the Mellow team. The Mellow, yeah. Title. You okay, Doug? Doug, 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 Doug. Yep. <laughs> High fives. Let's do some five times. Five times. Recently. Oh, oh, we left one thing out. We got to do it. Coach okay. K got to 91 tournament wins as of yesterday. The most of all time. In any era. Oh, yeah. He is the best coach of all time. Period. Any sport that there is. He's won every single way that you can win within the college basketball game. Every single way. And even outside the college basketball game. Mm -hmm. And he brought USA Basketball back to respectiveness. He's going to get another gold medal then retire. And um, the accolades, the the aura of this man. Like, I've never even been close to him. Like, and you haven't either. But if we were in the same room as this guy, it would probably be the the ultimate starstruck star shit. I would be. I would just be... Yeah. I I I've, I've worked I worked at a gas station close to uh, <clears throat> not very close to Dove Valley, but obviously a little close to where a lot of Broncos players were. Mm -hmm. So I used to run into Bronco players all the time, and the only one I was ever starstruck by was Terrell Davis, mm -hmm. and it's just because it's the aura, the mystique, mm -hmm. the legend. You know, it's. Ah. It is. I, I, if Coach K was, if I met him, I would be a silly little girl. I. Uh, I would be like. <laughs> I, I got to meet Terrell Davis the year, or not the year, but a few months after the first Super Bowl victory. He signed a picture of me doing a keg stand, and I don't think he was too hip on that. But I was stoked about it, and <laughs> and it was it was intense. I saw John Elway at Cherry Creek High School when my brother was playing in the gym next door to where his daughter was playing and he walked right by me and I I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I just like was stuck on the wall. Um, and plus working in the music venues, I have met many a musician. I was the bodyguard for Phil Anselmo for one day. Um, yeah, not nearly as starstruck as I would be any of those guys, any of the guys I haven't mentioned or that you didn't mention that would get me the way the Coach K would get me. Um, I would... And you know what would be I'd, great? I'd he be, seems like the type of guy who would, like, totally, like... He might notice. Notice and, yeah. like, totally make you feel better. He'd be like, dude, chill. It's okay. <laughs> He'd be like... It's okay. <laughs> and I'd be like, Kruzewski. Hey. <laughs> it's Coach Kruzewski. Kruzewski. It's Coach Chichivski. But yeah, um, congratulations to the greatest coach of all time. Just another, another thing that you have done that others haven't done. Um, proud to be a fan of you and your program. Five times. Five times. And we'll, we'll lead into that because we're doing top five tournament coaches. So a little prelude there of who the number ones are going to be. I got a good idea where my brother's going with this. So I'm sure he does me. So uh, actually, I'll let you go first. Uh, number five, Bob Knight. Word. If despite what you think about his antics, um, that's more like off. Yeah, even during the on the court shit. Um, 
Love it. <laughs> you know, when I was when I was really young, I was confused by it. When I got a little bit older, I was annoyed by it. But the older I got, the more I liked it. Right. So I I thought I, if you if you look back at his at his tournament history, he's a he's a great coach. The X's and O's. Um, way he's able to get the most out of his players which is pretty much everybody on this here list um number four tom Izzo. not always i guess during the season it's michigan state tends to be a team that is kind of overlooked um until they start winning some games and be like, oh watch out for michigan state and they lose a couple games and they're like oh. But it doesn't matter whatever happens during their season because come tournament time, Tom Izzo gets his guys ready to play. Those guys, no matter how good or bad they were during the season, how bad they were at rebounding, how bad they are at shooting or something, whatever it is, they come together during the tournament and they they are fierce competition. I'm going to jump in, and I'm not going to make fun because I know they just had the first round exit, but that is exactly what he does. Um, exactly that. Izzo's a mainstay in the tournament. Um, I feel kind of silly because I didn't put him on my list. Um, I, I forgot about him, which is weird. <laughs> but but good call on Tom Izzo. Good call on Tom Izzo. Um, I feel like the remaining guys seem pretty obvious. Um, number three, Dean Smith. You got to go with uh, the old rival. Uh, Gonzo doesn't want to go with no rivals. <laughs> Not that apparently, fucker. <laughs> apparently, Gonzo says no. I didn't say it. I was just saying it for you. I wasn't calling you out. But oh, okay. now fuck Dean Smith. There he goes. Right. That was sort of actually the reaction I was mostly expecting. <laughs> I was trying to be cool. I was trying to be cool. Um, number two, John Wooden. He's the Lombardi of college basketball. Got the quotes, uh, the titles. He's a legend. Named trophy. The guy's a fucking legend. What can you, what, I mean, what the fucking else can you say other than number one is Coach K. Mike Krzyzewski gets the most out of private school kids. You can't just show up to Duke. They don't. That doesn't happen there. That's not, doesn't happen at that school. It's like Stanford. You don't just show up. You got to work. They want you academically to be great. If you're also great at sports, that's a plus. But you can't get in there but if you're not academically great. If you're not academically great, and he every year he's able to get these kids, recruit them, turn them into great players, even if they don't go on to have great NBA careers, which is fine. Not everybody from every school has great NBA careers. Not like they're turning them out everywhere. They mm-hmm. just kind of pop up from here and there. But the most players in the league right now come from Duke. That's the school that has the most active players in the NBA right now. So obviously he knows how to pick talent and brains. And he turns them into pretty, pretty model citizens. I mean, his guys aren't typically... Not doing anything. That's you why you can't argue with the results. That's why, like uh, Grayson Allen tripping somebody is such a big deal, 
Because you got nothing else to talk about that is negative from his players. Which we talked about last week, which is just hilarious that you could even... That it even comes up tripping, which isn't even... That's not a thing. It's, it's a thing, it's a but very, it's like it's a, minor it's a minor penalty in almost every sport except fucking hockey, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but they have like razors at the end of their shoes. <laughs> so it almost makes sense that tripping is cool. They also use big old <laughs> sticks to do it, too. But regardless, yes. Yes. tripping is the same as many other penalties. Boarding and slashing and all that. So... Any it's, other it's, technical foul, a hard foul, um, a face mask, a 15-yard penalty? I mean, a leg whip is a 15-yard penalty. and So, I mean, there, there are excessive forms of tripping. And a leg but whip. his have never been excessive. No. And a, and a leg whip can break a dude's leg in half. has taken people out of yeah. out of games, out of careers, yeah. stuff like that. Grayson just went, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> And is it immature? Yes. And is it what you want to see? Not really. As, as, we've, that bad? No. as, as, a, as we've always been defenders of said things, especially Dukies, we're going to defend them a little bit harder on that. But any other player, I'd say the same thing. So what? Especially if they're littler guys, like Grayson's a littler guy. He gets hacked and beat up all, game all the time. He has borderline flagrant fouls called mm-hmm. on him. Every time or he goes against to the rim. Him, against him, like with people like almost destroying him almost every fucking game. So, really, not that worried about it. I know. It was supposed to be a mass text. I wasn't hiding that. You should see what I put on Facebook. <laughs> um, now I would like to uh, do my top fives. Ryan, first of all, I want to say that was a good top five. I do think you left out a couple, but that's why it's your top five. I want to do my... Uh, I have a, a little bit of a, uh, honorable mentions. I want to put Calipari on there um, because he did it before he got to Kentucky. He did it before he got to Kentucky. Um, UMass, he made that a quality program while he was there. And unfortunately, I got to have uh, Tom Izzo on there because I forgot it. I, I totally Who'd did. you boot? I didn't. I, I oh, didn't. These are I didn't boot him out. These were still honorables. Okay. Okay. Uh, just the two honorables because my top five I think is a good list. Um, number five, I put John Wooden. And the reason I put John Wooden at number five is because of the era that he was in. It was a smaller tournament. It wasn't the, the you didn't have to win six games. You had to win two or three. It was a different era of basketball. Um, but John Wooden is an amazing person. Uh, before he's a, an amazing coach, he was he was a champion of, of civil rights and, and black college basketball players during a time when it was extremely unpopular. Exactly. That's why Adolph Rupp has no fucking place on my fucking list, just like he doesn't on yours. Because he's a racist piece of shit, so that's why Wooden makes my top five. And, and I know they was like nine or ten in a row. That's amazing. Bill Walton, Lou Alcindor, numerous other players to talk about. For those who don't know, Lou Alcindor is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay, <laughs> we'll keep going on from there. Um, I'm American. I don't know nothing about that. Does yeah, man, that shit's pissing me off. Uh, number four, Bobby Knight. And I'm just going to sum up Bobby Knight's career with this quote. I threw a chair. When I am done and my activities on this earth have passed, I hope that they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my ass. Bobby Knight quote, one of my favorite of all time. Um, Everything else that Ryan said, X's and O's, gets the best out of his players. Um, Back in the day, throwing chairs wasn't a big deal. Back in the day, (laughs) screaming at your fucking kids 
wasn't a big deal. Back in the day, being physical with your kids as a coach was not a big deal. It was part of the deal. It was what you did. It was what you did. And he transcended that. Plus, he was the one that mentored Mike Krzyzewski. Mike Krzyzewski is who he is because of Bobby Knight. And, and obviously because of him too. But if you look at Bobby, if you look at Krzyzewski, he's dropping F-bombs like a motherfucker on that sideline when he's pissed. He is ferocious. He is screaming at those kids. He doesn't throw chairs. He doesn't grab them by their jerseys. He doesn't do that. But he is a ferocious head coach. And all of that is part of his, Coach K's character mm -hmm. along with, you well, know, he went... He's in the army. Well, that's where he learned discipline. That's when Bobby Knight was his coach. Bobby Knight coached him at the the what is what is the army school? Um, uh, the uh, God, I'm fucking. I'm, I'm drawing a blank right I'm now. I'm drawing a huge blank too. Air Force. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's at West Point. West Point. West Point. Yes. No, no. Is it West Point? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. But but yeah, that's that's where they came up. Bobby Knight was a the coach there. Bobby Knight left. Shusevsky took that over and. You know, his, he, he will tell you his pedigree comes from, from Bobby Knight being, being that guy. Um, number three, Roy Williams. Not a fan of Roy Williams. Not a fan of Kansas. Not a fan of North Carolina basketball. He's only won two. One of them was with players he didn't recruit. But he wins in the tournament almost all the time. For the losses that he has, for the Paul Pierce, Rachel Fence, Jock Vaughn loss, for for the, the quality Kansas teams that lost early in the tournament, that just shows you what the tournament's about. It doesn't shed on what Roy Williams is. Roy Williams is a good coach. And to be fair, Kansas has always done that. Kansas has. As you pointed out. That's what they last do. Last week, that that's just what they do. And they're not doing it this year, so they're proving me wrong so far. Because now if you lose in the Sweet 16, you're not choking when you lose in the Sweet 16. You're just losing. You're just losing. That's why Kentucky losing last year in the Final Four is not choking. No matter what any idiot said. That is... Losing to a quality basketball team, the Wisconsin Badgers, with the player of the year and Sam Decker, along with a, a nucleus of great players. Roy Williams gets his team to we the agree tournament. It's an upset, just not. It's an upset, not, not a, choke. a choke. Roy Williams gets his teams to the tournament annually. It's like when the fucking flowers bloom, Roy Williams is in the tournament. There you go. Number two, surprise you didn't make your list, Rick Pitino. One at with Kentucky and one with Louisville. And when Rick Pitino is your head coach, you are in the tournament and you are winning games. The only reason they're not in is because of some questionable things that we're not going to talk about now that happened that was either... Kitty diddling. That he either knew about or he didn't know about. I don't know. Some diddling was involved. There was diddling. We'll and there were kids. We'll never know. Maybe technically. No. We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know what went on. But... The only reason Patino's not in the tournament this year with a quality basketball team a that could have made shit happen. They would have gone pretty deep. I think they they could game. have. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Phrasing. Uh, He's not there. Place. But when you play for Rick Patino, you are in the tournament and you are winning games. That's it. He's won two national titles for two different schools. That's huge. Uh, number one, Coach K. I have nothing else to add about Coach K except that I love him. One of the greatest sports figures of all time. All time. I think so. All time. You, we could do a top five sports figures list, and we'd have to we'd have to be blind to our loves. He would still make the list. I think if you're a sports person, you'd have to be blind of your hate, and you'd have to be blind of your love. And Coach K is on that list. Um, super impressive, like we stated a few minutes ago. 91 wins in the NCAA tournament. Uh, five national titles. 
what, 12 Final Fours? 13 Final Fours? I don't even know anymore how 12. many. I think it's 12. It might be, oh, we'll look it up here in a second. It's so many. It's so many Final <laughs> Fours. Uh, coach K is the best tournament coach of all time. Um, regardless. Despite the handful of upsets, chokes that have... You know, you know how that happens? You're in the tournament. He fucks kids. You're in the tournament. <laughs> You're in the tournament. You gotta get to the tournament Quit saying to be that upset. Shit. We're moving on. Hopefully, are we? Are we moving on, Doug? Speaking of fucking kids, no, I'm kidding. You can't say that shit. Wh- We're trying to run a, a respectable sports broadcast around here. Are we moving on? Are we moving on to the other high five here? Yeah, five we time. are. We're five time in Ben Affleck movies. In honor of Ben Affleck and the Bat, the Batman Superman movie comes out next week. Superman versus, uh, yeah. We are we're gonna do uh, because he's the most premier actor in the movie, and he's Affleck. Well, we're not gonna do Superman. I don't even know his name. We're not doing Holly Hunter. Henry as Cavill. Much, as much as Doug wants to do it. We're See, not, we're not doing it, I've never so. even heard that name. We're, we're, That's how much I don't give a shit. Yeah. What else is he? Holly in? Hunter. I don't know. Tell about Superman. Henry Cavill. Oh, Henry Cavill. Yeah. What else is he like, in? And like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There you exactly. Go. Yeah. The other Superman movie. We're going to do top five Affleck movies. Now, this was a funny topic when it was brought up because the first thing Ryan said was, with the worst movies? I said, no, we're going to be nice and we're going to do the best ones. We'll do worst movies some other time because, trust me, that's not a that's an easier list to make than top, yeah. than the best movies, in my opinion. I think most folks would agree with me here. But uh, we're going to do top five Ben Affleck movies. Um, I have some honorable mentions. Phantoms. Armageddon. <laughs> It was a bomb in that. So now, uh, Dazed and Confused. Nice. School ties. Um, I love school, school ties. Yeah, he's the one that 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 um, sells out Matt Damon. Oh yeah. Goes in and says that he wasn't the one that. Weird. Yeah, but he's still Frazier. But he well he sells out Matt Damon because Matt Damon threw Ben App or threw uh, Brendan Fraser Who? under the bus. Exactly. Matt Damon. Exactly. Okay. Um, but, you know, School Ties is a good movie, and he is in that, and he does have lines. Yeah. But at the end of it, if you'll remember, like when, when, he, when he's in the office and he tells the chancellor that it was mm-hmm. Matt Damon, not him, and Brendan goes to shake his hand, he still won't shake hands with the Jew. He doesn't want to be friends with him. He just doesn't want to, you know, have that on his conscience that he did wrong for whatever reason. That was so weird to me. That never made sense. But it is what it is. Number five, Changing Lanes. <laughs> awesome movie. Um, Actually, not bad. I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, Samuel Samuel's in it. It's uh, it's about a day in the life of two people really going through some shit, and they just kind of take it out of each other, and it, it just goes in a lot of different directions. It's it's fucked up, then it's a little bit more fucked up, and then it kind of comes to a resolution. Of comes to a resolution. Still fucked up. Still, still fucked, fucked up, up, but yeah. we're we're happy with what happened during this day. It resolves at the end. Resolves yeah. itself very much so. Um, Good movie. Um, I, I enjoyed that movie. Uh, number four, Gone Girl. Now let me just say this: being married to two psychopaths, two of them. I, I know where one of them got their ammunition from. I'm pretty sure it's this movie, because because all you have to do as a psychopathic female is, is buy just, a remote control car for you, and then. You're fucked. Or just say something, or allude to something, or leave it out there that something happened, and it will just just steamroll into this incredible 
fiasco of bullshit. What a great movie. It's a disheartening movie. It does not end well. It's one of those movies where the bad oh. guy wins. And you're like, holy mm-hmm. shit, dude. Just the way that movie goes and goes and goes. And, and he's the bad guy for most of the movie. And you don't really know he's not the bad guy until about halfway through. Mm-hmm. But he's perceived through everyone else, even his twin sister, mm-hmm. as the bad guy in the movie. When he's not the bad guy, he's just a shithead. He was cheating and bored with his wife. That kind of shit is pretty normal. And you see her tits? Like, oh, well, can that's, you blame her? I love that scene when she right. takes off her and I'm like, well, yeah, those are 21-year-old tits. I'm yeah. going those too. But the funniest thing is when she's like, well, how come you didn't go to the hotel room? Like, well, I couldn't use my, my credit cards. And his sister goes, why didn't you use hers? And he goes, well, her parents would get the bill. And she goes, ew. It's like, that is gross. Yeah. Bad Affleck. Bad Affleck. But a good movie. But a good movie. Uh, number three. I'm a Kevin Smith fan, so Chasing Amy is going to get my number three. Um, I know that movie gets a little bit stale towards the end of it, but the first hour of that movie is tits. It's a, it's, it's a great movie. It's very funny. The uh, commentary, the, as far as social commentary goes, is... The banter's good, too. Right on point. Well, it's Kevin Smith. It's Kevin yeah. Smith stuff, so it's yeah. very... Him and Jason Lee talking... Is incredible. Not to mention Jason Lee talking comics with Black Rage motherfucker. It's hilarious when they're talking about What's Archie. a Nubian? What's what? a... No, no. And he goes, Archie is not fucking Mr. <laughs> Weatherby. <laughs> you, you just keep going and going through it. But it's it's a really well done movie. It gets a little bit little bit mushy at the end. But it's also, as far as Kevin Smith movies go, when, when Jay and Silent Bob used to make little brief appearances or... You know, they, or they wouldn't talk, or or, or Simon Bob, Simon Bill, Simon Bob wouldn't talk, and it would just be that part. When when they hook up at the coffee shop and do their deal, that is awesome. That is quality mm-hmm. TV. That's five minutes of cinematic genius, in my opinion. So I will go with uh, Chasing Amy as number three. Number two, being a Kevin Smith fan, and this is one of my favorite movies, Dogma. Dogma gets number two. Really? Um, absolutely. I have conflicting issues with. God and the Bible and all of that. Like, to this day, every day I have stuff that fights with me about that. And that movie kind of addresses those points with what what might bother someone who's who was raised to believe in a certain way and doesn't and is looking to move into another way. It kind of brings almost, it almost brings it to the center. And Bartleby is the the driving force in that movie, and that's his character of what is wrong with heaven, what is wrong with humanity, what is wrong with God, what is wrong with humanity, and all that. It kind of bounces back and forth. And that speech in the in the parking garage, when he when, loses it, finally, when he yeah. goes off, and, and you sound like Lucifer, man. He straight tells him he sounds like the devil, and it pisses him off, even though he knows he's right. You can see that yeah. glint of shit. I do, but I'm not going to stop now. That movie's considered a comedy. To me, that movie's a drama. Alright. With a lot of humor. But that, like, epitomizes my fucking problems. Excuse me, with uh, organized religion, the Bible, God, hatred, everything comes to fruition in that movie. And I saw that when I was 19 and was like, BAM! That's, that's the movie for me. That will be the movie for me. As far as dealing with those demons. Number one, Goodwill Hunting. I don't care what anybody says about that. Not only is he in the movie, and he's not the main character, but 
the, the screenplay written by Ben and Ben and Matt Matt Damon Ben Affleck. Um, Good Will Hunting is a movie that kind of gets me every time. Um, I can watch it. I can watch it when it's on. He's he's a very good character. He's the one who's kind of just kind of settled and decided what his life is going to be, and he's going to stay here. And he's wondering why his buddy won't go, and he expects more out of his buddy. And he, he's like, "Well, we go to work and go to the bar. What are you doing here?" Um, it's got Robin Williams, who is amazing in that movie. Um, I, I love Good Will Hunting. It's probably the only time Minnie Driver was attractive. It's mm. uh, it's got the line, "How do you like them apples?" Applesauce, bitch. Applesauce, bitch, which is also a Ben Affleck line. Mm -hmm. um, I really like Goodwill Hunting. I think it's a very, very good movie. I, I don't miss it if it's on. Um, I will watch it. Um, number one for me is going to be Goodwill Hunting. They won the Oscar for that screenplay. Mm -hmm. They won the Oscar. Ben Affleck's won two fucking Oscars. Argo, yeah. best picture. Only, two fucking Oscars. Only this year for <laughs> Leo to find. Well, everyone just expects Leo to win one. What for? What? Get what, almost raped by a bear. What movie? What movie should he have won an Oscar before this? Wolf of uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Why? Because he played a drugged out fucking Wall Street guy. I didn't think he deserved an Oscar for that movie at all. I think he did for Departed. Yeah. More so than Matt Damon. More so than Jack Nicholson. Matt Damon. Yes, only because he goes through more I would emotions. Disagree. He goes through more emotions. I thought. I, now, if you want to say because of his accent, Matt Damon's his from accent Boston. Not, well, okay, but I'm saying I'm talking about. Well, I'm, I'm giving Leo the benefit of the doubt on that because Matt Damon's from Boston, so that's that's what I'm giving. As, as far as a whole, no, I didn't, I didn't think so. It was a shame to me that that was the only that was the first film that Martin Scorsese won Best Picture for. <laughs> so I was like, really? Like Goodfellas, Casino, fucking, fucking what 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 the what's the boxing one? Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Um, I mean, there was there was other ones. I, Leo was gonna get one eventually, so so Maybe good for him for getting it for this as one. As soon as you stop putting your mom in the movies, we'll give you. No, it doesn't matter. It's not like she destroyed the movies. <laughs> was he Gangs of New York? He was the Gangs of New York. Scorsese? Yeah, that was his movie. Didn't win. Yeah, it was a piece of shit. He, he didn't. He didn't win till that movie. I, I, I just thought Leo'd get it eventually. I, I, I don't. I don't know if I ever thought Departed was what he should have got it on. But I'm not going to disagree wholeheartedly with it. It's not like fuck. No, he sucked in that movie because he was great in that movie. I just didn't, didn't see that one. But. Yeah, sure. Way to go, Leo. Get, a, get an Oscar. <laughs> I'm happy for you. <laughs> I'll go. Yeah. Um, yeah, those things. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. mentions. Uh, changing lanes. Yeah, uh, now it's wasted. Jay and Silent Fuck. Bob. Because I love that fucking movie. Chasing Amy. Nudes. Pearl Harbor. Armageddon. Pearl Dog Harbor? I do, like, <laughs> I do like Pearl Harbor. What the fuck? I'm care. laughing out loud at that one. I don't care, I don't care either. Good Will Hunting. Be on his top five. And Clerks too. Clerks too. He's in it for three minutes. Yeah. That's that's awesome. generous screen time <laughs> right there. Uh, my number five is Some of All Fears. I do like. Really? Yeah. His his Jack the UB40 Ryan. of Jack Ryan movies. The UB40 oh of Jack Ryan. 
don't even know what that means, but it was fun. Fuck off, but it's funny. <laughs> Fuck you. We've heard some of your lists. So. Oh, we have, and we've laughed as well. It's okay. Um, some of your lists contain people we've never even heard of, so... Yeah. At least you've heard of them. Oh, just you wait. Yeah, because he does it on purpose, you fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do I do like some of all fears. That that's really cool. I like nuclear war movies. They're cool. doesn't like a good old bomb in Baltimore. He's going to put Armageddon on his list. It's on the honorable mentions. Denver blows up in that book. <laughs> Denver blows up in that book. Well, it should be. Norad's here. Rocky Flats. The whole coastline. No, we're, coastline. Uh, we're hoping the whole the, state uh, line's riddled with atomic bombs. Hippies, hipsters, yeah. tons of things. Trustfarians. No, but like in the book, like we're hosting the Super Bowl and get nuclear bombs. Get fiction. That's how you know it's fiction. <laughs> Number four, Boiler Room. I love that flick. It, All right. Tried, he plays the with greatest it. fucking dickhead. Just, he's, in, he's a piece of shit in that movie, but he plays it so well. Fires a guy for making fun of another guy in the office, which I think is hilarious because the whole point of that whole office is that it's just there to rip people off for a Ponzi scheme. And they're a bunch of fucking jock douchebags <laughs> and They're chads. all just yeah. fucking total fucking chads, and they're all there. Him, Vin Diesel, are all there just to rip people off, um, just to steal money, to put it into a fake money, um, to hopefully have another company go public. But he plays such the perfect asshole in that yeah. movie. And it is a pretty intense little movie. Um, number three, Mall Rats. Of course, Kevin Smith movies are gonna be. He looks like a day rapist. What's who gives with you in the Sperminator out there? <laughs> I just so many quotables. I, I didn't put that on there for I don't know for what the, reason. For, <laughs> probably <laughs> for the fact that you're like I can't put all of Kevin Smith's movies probably on there because then it looks like a Kevin Smith list. Well, it's not our fault he keeps. This is one I'm surprised didn't make your list. Number two, Smoking Aces. Fuck that movie. He just wasn't in it enough. I, I, that's, I, that's why I, I agree. I yeah. agree that he wasn't in it for very long. For me, for me. But um, as far as the movie itself goes, great the fucking movie is fucking so great. I, I agree that that's more smoking of like Smoking Aces. You don't like Smoking Aces. Well, I, I, I enjoy that. Oh, I completely oh, disagree. That that movie's well, awesome. Do I need to read? Like, do I need to like? No, because it? nothing you say will will change unless you go watch it again. Yeah. Have you? It's a great movie. That's when Ryan Reynolds is serious and actually, yeah, does it well. Yeah, he does serious well, and Jeremy Piven plays a great. Mm-hmm. Great. Another turd. Uh, Leota's great in the movie. Um, oh yeah. It's, it's, it's right, a, I'll go back and thank you. It. That's an awesome. You should. You, you should watch that. Again. You should rewatch it. I thought the theaters went. We were we were chilling a few months ago, probably like two months ago, and it came on, and we just watched it the whole way through. And Ryan's seen it more than I have, and I was like, "Dude, I haven't seen it recently." That movie's fucking awesome. Smoking Aces is All a right. great movie. Right. The end is pretty good. Ryan Reynolds does an amazing the, job. I know it's not really good. an Affleck movie, but neither is Mallrats, and it's on this so one. I'm fine Fuck! with that. I'm fine with that, bro. I'm fine with that. And my number one is Dazed and Confused. So many Why? feels with it, and. Coming of age, all such. I, I watched that for the first time when I was like going into high school. Like yeah. In, into ninth grade as a freshman in high school, and it was like kind of understood the young punks going to high school, but mm. you know, like, and you're kind of looking at him like, I'm kind of doing all the little shit that the other guy. Exactly where goes I came into from. And I, starts doing it. I, I love it. Um, and he's awesome as a douchebag in that. He's the he's the fifth year senior. He's pissed <laughs> off the whole time. Yeah. It's a 
Um, I, that's a good one. That's why. I, that's why I put it on my on, on my uh, my honorable as well. I love that movie, and he he plays it great. He plays it great. Doug and Doug. So my list. Um, honorable mentions. Dazed and confused. Same reasons. <clears throat> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The UB40 of Vampire Slayer. He's in it even less than any other movie that we've seen. He plays that. He's like, he bas- he's like basketball, basketball player, player number 10. 10. But he actually he's has. not even basketball player number 1 or 2. No, but that was the number he's he wearing. If you're basketball player number 10, know, you're sitting the bench. <laughs> Come on, Doug. It was Cunt sucking motherfuckers. Alright, um, number 5. No, do I go up to six? Oh, no, I don't. Number five, Good Will Hunting. Sixes. Nice. Uh, every time I turn around, I don't want you to be there. Like, that's... Yeah. They're the first people to write that, and, like, that was insane. That was so insanely brilliant that I'm, I'm amazed that no one else thought of that line. It was part of what I was thinking, but, yeah. Good Absolutely. Pop. Good pop. Number four, Mallrats, the Sperminator. <laughs> He's going to fuck them in some place uncomfortable. What, like the back of a Volkswagen? Thank you. It's a walking hard on, looking for a hole. <laughs> oh my god, you slept with that asshole? I needed a 25-year-old. Who's your favorite new kid? Call me Donnie. Call me Daddy. <laughs> Call me Joey. <laughs> that, that girl's, girl's 15. Like 15. Fifteen. She told me she was thirty-six. Come on, Come guys. On, tell me when you nailed her. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, number three, Argo. Um, one for best direction. Um, best director, best picture, or was it just best best director? Uh, just best director. Okay. He did a good job. Yeah. Good movie. Uh, who would have ever thought the guy who's the spermator would have been like? And by the way, he's not been up for an Oscar. Like he's been up for an Oscar a couple of times for best yeah. uh, director. I think uh, the town, the town got him for screenplay and director. Uh-huh. If I remember correctly. <clears throat> he's he's a powerhouse in filmmaking. People, quit giving Ben Affleck shit. Sorry, yeah. he's the man. That's why he's. We're doing a list. Number two, Gone Girl. You're absolutely right. Like, halfway through, like, you're like, I never read the book. So I was like, Me neither. This guy's a prick. This guy did it. Holy fuck, she's raping herself with a wine bottle and then killed Bill Patrick Harris. Yeah. Straight up spices and sets the cameras up. Oh, yeah, like. So, fuck her, yay Ben Affleck on that one. Absolutely. And, uh, number one. Chasing Amy, uh, but I'll bring up a scene that you did not. I can't wait. Which is when they're talking about their sexual conquests during the hockey game. Oh. (laughs) That is the perfect, and by the way, textbook definition in film of juxtaposition. Like, that is, like, whenever, like, she says something and, like, the guy gets, like, checked... Let's see why it's better. It's not because of Affleck, and this is where I'll disagree with you. It's because he's he's throwing that out, and Joey Lauren Adams is picking up on it. Yeah. And she's just getting pissed. 
He's already mad, but doesn't seem to give a shit that she's getting mad. But look at the hockey game during that. Poking. Well, that doesn't have to do with Affleck. That has to do with Kevin Smith. And yes, he's showing the punch and the punch. And I fucked her. I blew him while Coeyeen fucked me. And then the guy from the hockey game gets fucking checked and knocked out. Kevin Smith, well done. Not Affleck. No, but it's an Affleck scene. Mm-hmm. Joy Lauren Adams scene or a Kevin Smith scene. I think it's more of a Kevin One Smith One of them scene. fucked Joy Lauren Adams. <laughs> Neither of them were me. I didn't. And one of them was Kevin Smith. Um, really? Yeah. Is that how he met his wife? No, no. Way to go, Kay Smith. I love Joy Lauren. She had like the biggest mouth and like the. You know how Renee Zellweger has that scrunched up lemon face and pulls it off? Like Lauren, Joy Lauren Adams like makes it better. With that scrunched up lemon face look. She does lemon face. She was on an episode of uh, a couple episodes of Married with Children. She was Joy Lauren Adams. Yes, she was um, the cousin's wife. They always talked about the big Six. cousin. Oh, Six uh, is the kid, and that would be seven. Um, the when they're gonna play the Kubia, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, and Bud fucks her, yeah, and she she and she comes out, and Kelly says, "How are you feeling? I heard you were pretty tight." And she goes, "I'm all good now. I'm feeling loose as a noodle." And then she walks out. I'm like, "Oh my god, whoever that girl is, I just want to make out with her." Plus, she's in dazed and confused. So yeah, she's yeah, awesome. sure. I love I love uh, I love that spot. Um, yeah, yeah. Chasing Amy is a great fucking movie. <laughs> Are we at an hour? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Let's get moving here, Ryan. Let's move. Broncos, go. They're a team who okay, signed I'll go an first. offensive tackle. An offensive tackle and a running back who's going to be paid the third highest amount as far as running backs go this season. Is C.J. Anderson worth it? No. You don't think so? Were you happy when we signed the tender? Not the tender. They, when we match the contract, when we match the tender. Yeah. Uh, yes and no. I, I feel like it was a little bit, a little bit of a. Uh, we got to show the guys that we're trying to keep some of the pieces here. Um, I think CJ's a pretty well liked person, both in the town and in the locker room. So is David Bruton? I agree, but David Bruton wanted to start, so it's kind of like, do you get rid of Darian Stewart, a guy who will be dead money on the books, or let? Bruton walk because you have to choose. Well, we showed CJ that we'd like him to let those guys know that we love him. Then we told Ryan Clady, you're gone. <laughs> so I don't know where it's fallen there. And Ryan I think, Clady I think hasn't the played best, that much in the last three years. But I think the biggest the biggest question mark that comes with that is exactly, is Elway under control right now? Does he have... Is his plan coming through? Is this his plan? Is this what he wanted? Probably not, but did he have B, C, D plans? Is it is it within that realm? I don't know. I don't either. I would say that I'm, I'm happy that we signed CJ. I'm surprised that we matched it. I thought when that went to that money, that amount of money, he would be gone. Um, Russell Okun gets about a $52, 53000000 million contact, contract, but it's it's more friendly to the organization. It's, it's zero it's guaranteed up. money. Yeah, it's all about us. He's got to come in and play correctly. And, uh, making the teams and whatnot. If, he's so if, he if he doesn't play like shit, we can cut him. Uh-huh. And if he doesn't play, we're not giving him any money. If he comes in and gets hurt right away... We're not doing anything. It's it's uh so basically it's, it's a, a million dollars. It's we're basically for a million dollars for him to come play with us in the off season is all we're really on the hook for. And if he doesn't, if, which is if, nothing. If we're in week three, four of the off season stuff before we even get to preseason, we can cut him and move the fuck on. Um, when I when he just said cap, 
Um, hopefully we sign Russell Okun to be a starter and to package Clady up to send over to San Francisco to get Kaepernick over here. That was my thought on that too. Was that kind of, was you, time, you told me that to move. You, you, that was one of the one of the things that you had said about that. I, I agree with that, and I hope that that's the move. If we're not getting AJ McCarron over here, because I'm really thinking about AJ McCarron, um, I think that's a good move for us too. But some shit has happened. We're losing more than we're gaining. We're losing more than we're gaining, but we're a deep football team. No matter what anybody says, we get the quarterback position filled out. We're gonna be okay. We need that left tackle. We've we've addressed it to an extent. Um, I think we're good. I think we're we, to me to be honest. When after signing CJ, we're we're pretty much in the same boat we were last year. We're we're right back there. No, we we're not. Help. I feel like we need help in the we middle. Need, we didn't have a left tackle. Defense. We didn't have a left. We had a left tackle last year. We don't know <clears> if we have one this year. So That's it's true. a different boat. It's a different boat. It's it's sailing the right direction, but it's on a different course. We technically still have Clady. He's still there. Um, Okun could probably still shift over to right tackle, and you could move. That would mean you could. That'd move. be like, hey, Clady, you have to get like two million a year. I mean, yeah, they 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 would have to rework his contract. Huge, like big time, unprecedented to it out. maneuvering um, with that. But it's. <clears throat> I mean, if we can't find a quarterback, we're not going to be on the books for a quarterback, so maybe hanging on to a all-pro left tackle for another year ain't such a bad thing. No, no, it's not. We want, we want that running game. Um, needless to say, we should. We hope that we'll have some update next, next weekend about where this team's roster looks at that time. Um, moving forward, the Warriors are 62-7. and seven. We're talking about basketball now. <coughs> Spurs are 59-10. and 10. Spurs just beat the Warriors last night by, I think it was like 15, or it was a little bit Solid win. Big win. Shut them down. The number one seed is not a given in the Western Conference anymore, let alone winning 72 games. Um, we're, at a different, we're at a different spot right now with this. And, and we've said it. 72 games, 73, 74, 74 wins. That's not the goal of this Golden State Warriors team. Should they just be focusing on winning the number one seed right now instead of Fucking on, and we're assuming they're focusing on that because the media is talking about it. Is in inside that locker room, I would hope the Warriors are looking at. And we're not Warriors fans, but I'm just I'm, I'm a fan of basketball. I would hope they're just trying to get the number one seed sewed up because they can't go play in San Antonio four times during a seven game series and win. They can't. I think what it comes down to is we found out if they could beat the '95 Bulls, they can't. Because they can't take care of the Spurs, 2015 Spurs. They can't take care of that team. Who I think the 2015, 2016 Spurs are a really good fucking team. They're really team. good basketball team, but I think, I, 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 they're being completely overlooked. We, what, they are because of because of that, that little bit of break right there. Um, let's since you said 95, 96 Bulls. Do you think the the 2016 Spurs couldn't give the 95, 96 Bulls? A competition? I think they just as well as the of course they Warriors, could. but of course I still they think at the end of the day that team still dominates right. other teams. They dominate everybody, but we're we're looking at this right now. The the race for the number one seed isn't over yet, so we'll see what goes on because they still have to play each other. I think it's two more times. It's going to make it exciting. The two last, more times. The last few games of the season for these two teams, it's going to be really entertaining <coughs> basketball. When it comes, which to it hasn't been for most of the season. The only time it really is is when you watch them play. Other or 
Clippers or it's only the second time they played. And when when you go to a, an NBA basketball team, when you're t- when you're thinking about a playoff push at the end of the season, you're not usually thinking about one and two. It's more like five, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. four, five positioning there. This could come down to the last week of the season. Excuse me, to see who gets the number one seed. I, th- I don't know how often that's happened. I think that's pretty cool. It might be a might be a good last week of the season. Golden State Warriors, San Antonio Spurs matchups. I'm seeing who's going to get that number one seed. Uh, this is for me. Barry Bonds beat Giancarlo Stanton in a home run derby. Um, Giancarlo Stanton is the uh, the uh, newly juiced up looking monkey hitting home runs all the time, and he just got beat by. He's from Puerto Rico. It's okay. <laughs> He's our racist. That wasn't, that wasn't racist. When I was in high school, we called people that used... No, 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 no. 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 I'm going to keep saying when we When we talked about people it's that shot context. steroids, when we taught people that did steroids or did PEDs wasn't a phrase when we were in high school, but steroids, we called them juice monkeys. It had nothing to do with anything, but they were juice monkeys. You're bringing it um, back. Well, I am. I'm bringing it back for the white man. We're, we're doing... <coughs> now, that was racist. Barry Bonds beats him in a, in a home run derby um, batting practice style, which is all home run derby is. Um, just proving everybody that Barry Bonds is the best hitter of all time. The Pats picked up Martellus Bennett also in a trade. Was. was never tested positive. Martellus Bennett was picked up by the Patriots in a trade. Ryan, I'm going to leave this to you, and you can spit forth your upsets about that. I... I vented a little bit to you about how the Patriots seem to keep getting talent on their team. Um, Unprecedented. And they trade nothing for it. It's They continuously trade nothing for very talented people. I mean, they... God, I can't even... It, it, it just boggles my mind how they're able to convince other organizations that they're just not going to give them shit. The other teams go, okay, well... You're right, I guess. <sighs> I know he didn't play that very well for you last year, <laughs> but that's all the time we got. That sums it up. Oh, uh, no, I got a couple more things. Um, Maryland's winning. Looks like I'm going to have three out of four Final Four teams as of this moment. We shall give an update on the website as far as what's going to happen later on. Dugout, one quick dugout, one quick dugout. Flow jump. No, 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 Holden McNeil. Ooh. Or? Shannon Hamilton. Hold McNeil, motherfucker. Done and done. Thank you for listening. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!